With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to the Nat Coombe Show. It is SBK Edge Rush coming your way. Me, Propo, week six, a whole lot of picks to be getting into. We're going to have Propo's Prop Bets of the Week. We, of course, have the NC Show Acker back in my court because things aren't rolling uh, particularly well on that front so far. Speaking of which, I'm sure we're going to talk about my Drew Lock of the Week tilt. We're also going to get to Bengals, Saints, Colts, Jags, Jets, Packers, uh, and all kinds of other goodness when it comes to football chat. You are in the right place. Let's get to it with the brilliant Propo. You know, Propo, it's always encouraging when we're just about to start recording a show and the final words before you hit the go button are me saying to you, man, I don't know which way I'm going to go for my Drew Lock," And you saying to me, no, neither do I. Well, no, I think it's, it's not a surprise that we're... Uh left a little bit confused after potentially the worst week in edge rush history last week. I think it might have been. And we've had, let's be clear, listeners, we've had some good weeks for sure. We've had some bad beats, but I think last week might be right up there with with the very, very worst. Yeah, because I think week three, just from a personal standpoint, I think like week three, I think I went like six or seven and one with my picks on the show. Mm-hmm. I pretty much got everything right. And I think last you, week I might have gone one and seven. Have you put the seven and one in some kind of frame at Propo Towers? Yeah, I should do. I really should do. But no, you can't because you're only as good as your next pick. You know that now. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for mentioning that thing. I'm now, I'm now slumped up to 0 and 5. Uh, with, I mean, I, I, I know listeners to the show will listen to all of our pods, right? Not not just Edge Rush, a lot of you. So apologies for repeating the story again, maybe for the, for the third time this week. But in case you haven't caught any of the other shows yet, my pick last week, of course, was Miami. At 0-4, I went back home. What's the first thing I hear as I'm walking down? Uh, walking down Seven Sisters Road, have on a high, having completed another terrific live broadcast with you and Christian, Phoebe and the crew. Shout out to Ollie Wilson. Will Gav, the crew in the house, very happy, weren't we, with the broadcast? It was a great yeah. game, a great show, and I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. I'm with the NFL UK Nation. I put the headphones on. So, Teddy Bridgewater knocked out on the first play of the game. <laughs> it's first, a first-year seventh-round pick. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So <laughs> It was the first thing that I saw as well, so you – scoot off and then I, I obviously pack up everything and take everything back to the TalkSport Towers but beforehand I went down to the press room uh, where they have just endless amounts of TVs around all with red zone on at the end of the Packers-Giants game and I, in the same way to you I was like as I walked down I just see Teddy walking to the dressing room and I was there just like, do I text him? Do I text him? Because I was, like, I was like, do I text him? But I was like, the problem is at this point is it's just, it's, it's getting, it's actually getting impressive. I've say, I say this each week. It is as hard to go 0 and 5 as it <laughs> is to go 5 and 0. Like it is, it is impressive that you've managed to do this. And week in, week out, it's always hilarious, whatever you pick. It, it, it's hilarious because it just, it's just getting badder and badder beats. It's just becoming brilliant. Part of me wants to go 0 and 17 this season with just a series. I, I would love that. I would love <laughs> That. Can't make this up. Like how how bad? Sometimes you just blow it, and it's a blowout, or it's way off the mark, right? But sometimes, as has happened, what three of my five this season? Yeah, like, you got to be, you got to be kidding me! But I hey, would love um, if any of the listeners are currently buying into hashtag Operation Fade Nat. Yeah, uh, just get in touch because <laughs> yeah. I would love to hear how much money you've won so far this season. Just because you must be absolutely flying. I would say uh, absolutely. I'm sure there are plenty of listeners getting into that. There's um, uh, there's definitely talk for Coco and Pebbles. We got some tweets in about that as well. Maybe it's time to to get Coco and Pebbles wrong. Not this week though, gang. I'm gonna I'm gonna back myself to get off the mark this week. I would also like to point out two other things because I have to. 
over the course of, because you're the maths guy, over the course of the last season and change, where am I now? 16 and 11, but it's, really, 11. it's, it's, it's really creeping up because we start the season 16 and 6. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm still taking that over the over the course of time. That's the sample size you're dealing with. And also, not for nothing, but a number of uh, my other picks, <laughs> just not my true locks, have landed. But, 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 uh, we should move attention from that to our Acker because that failed to, to drop again, Propo. So uh, the Acker, I don't think we've got an Acker right this season. No, I don't think we've got an Acker right. The Acker is, um, yeah, it's almost impossible at this point. We had the Chiefs, the Bucks and the Packers last week. So yeah, the Packers let us down. Never bet on the early kickoff. That's what people always say. And that London has, uh, as well. Yeah. Like we made all the stupid mistakes there. All right, at the same get- time, we made all the stupid mistakes. But I mean, who the hell was Daniel Jones throwing to in that game? Why? Where did the Packers offense go in the second half? Like we were there watching it in the flesh and I remember Christian said after the Packers scored their first touchdown he was like this looks like it's going to be a blowout because the Giants were only looking to Saquon Barkley it looked incredibly basic and obvious what they were trying to do Mm. so you thought it was curtains for them pretty much within the first five minutes and then the game was just flipped on its head I don't really understand why the Packers abandoned the run Um, but at the same time Brian Dable culture guy he's got this team rolling and yes they are four and one and you can question them as a four and one team but he i think they've definitely got quarterback issues in in new york and i think they've got personnel issues but i think the one thing they definitely don't have now is coaching issues yeah a brilliant performance from him a brilliant performance all around from them what a what a win it was we're gonna talk uh jets pack is one of our games that we're gonna get into there's also a shout out uh, sbk edge rush extra uh, which uh, over on the SBK YouTube channel, that's some extra picks uh, with me and Tom from SBK. And we're previewing three games this week on that, which include what 49ers, Falcons, Bills, Chiefs, Cowboys, Eagles. So we got you covered there, but the three games Propo and I are going to do Jets, Packers, Colts, Jags, and Bengals, Saints, your Bengals Propo. Let's get into that. We're going to have your prop bets as well, of course. Um, our Acker, so the Batman's back with me. <laughs> hey, maybe that's how I'll gain salvation proper with the uh, with the Acker. You're looking very serious at me right now. What's uh, what's up? What's the what's the serious? Because uh, you mentioned for? Bengals. Oh, I see. Quite okay. serious. Uh, quite serious topic for me at this moment in time. Uh, okay, are we calling this uh, the Bengals Saints game? Is it the Trey Henderson Bowl? Is it the Andy Dalton revenge game? Is oh, it's it got to be the Andy. It's got to be the Apple. No, it's got to be the Andy Dalton revenge game. Sure. What about Von Bell? Von Bell as well. I mean, I know. To be fair, and Trey Hendrickson is, I'm going to say it, I'll say it every week if I have to, is one of the most underappreciated players in this league. I think he's fifth mm. in pressure rate so far this season, and he has been absolutely sensational. And I expect him to have a big game against a, a weaker New Orleans Saints offensive line this week. But yeah, it's, it's. I mean, and again, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but Zach Taylor's play calling that. Okay, Propo, I am going to try and instill you with confidence will probably achieve uh, abject terror because I'm big on the Bengals in this spot. <laughs> All right? So this is my argument for the Bengals winning this game. A few different aspects. Firstly, I know that you're down on Zach Taylor. Three defeats this season. All three, what, field goal? Field yeah. goal defeat. Narrow defeats. Mm-hmm. Always a pattern with a good team. Yeah, maybe a good team that's being poorly coached, but a good team nevertheless. Uh, typically, you've got Burrow and Lamar back at the Superdome where the magic happened. I mean, that's just gonna that's gonna be a spring in their step. You look at the injury report for the Saints. We're recording this Friday morning, so of course this will have some some ultimate bearing in in pushing the button. If you do like me, typically wait till the eleventh uh, hour on like the sharps, like Propo, they're getting on Monday Monday about five a.m. But Landry, Mike Thomas, doubtful. Alave's in concussion protocols. So they could be properly uh, banged up there. And the run game is improving for the Bengals. This stat uh, was extraordinary. Man, any Mixon obviously picked up last week, but there's the jump in terms of the ground game. So averaging, this is Mixon specifically, 2.6 per carry in the first four games, 5.6 last week. So that's starting to get some kind of traction and momentum going. So I, I, and I feel you're in a spot where it is not must win territory, but you walk away from... New Orleans with a loss and mm, I don't think there's a huge cause for optimism. So I feel you need it more. I like the Bengals in the spot. Yeah. I mean, I agree with you almost solely because Joe Burrow said 
in his press conference this week that he's going to do whatever it takes and these guys are going to go all in for the victory against the New Orleans Saints. And I have faith in Joe Burrow. I have faith in Jamar Chase. I think the T Higgins injury is one to watch. If he is going to yeah. play, that is huge because we saw what that passing offense looked like without him against the Baltimore Ravens. And it was ugly. I think that's my big issue with Zach Taylor in terms of this offense is I think what we've seen and what we saw was so evident on Sunday was the fact that this offense is solely predicated on the idea that you have three elite targets in Tyler Boyd, T Higgins and Jamar Chase. And as soon as you take one of those away, suddenly this Bengals team looks a lot more ordinary and this offense looks a lot more ordinary. And Oh, just on that, what is the Higgins injury? What So if he does start, his ankle. So if he starts, he's not going to be... Yeah, so it's. I don't think he's going to be optimum T. Uh, they made him active last week um, for the Ravens game, and then all he was used as a decoy. And I think that's again another example where Zach Taylor probably should have just been like, T. Higgins, get yourself rested. We won't put you out there. We're not going to risk you." But he said, "Because I think we need that distraction so much, we need that option." for this offense to get going so much that we need to utilize him as a decoy. But what is so frustrating that is, I'm not sure if you've seen the comparisons that have been flying around on Twitter, but mm. people have been showing Justin Jefferson's route tree, um, Cooper Cup's route tree, and comparing it to Jamar Chase's. Kevin O'Connell and the Vikings give Justin Jefferson so many different looks, so many different mm. routes, so many different options. They'll put so many different defenders on him. They'll use him in so many different ways that it's, allows him to get separation, allows him to be the sensational receiver that he is because mm-hmm. it's not predictable what he's going to be doing, play in, play out. Jamar Chase is literally doing the exact same route every single time, whether it's on the left or the right-hand side. Okay, yes, they utilize him in the jet sweep, but that doesn't help him get off those big plays. When it is that basic, when the play calling is that basic, when you're giving him that ordinary of a game and you're giving him those kind of ordinary options, you're not being able to get the best out of an incredible talent and an incredible receiver who we saw Mm. the best of last season and we're not seeing the best of this season. And that's incredibly frustrating because the Bengals, as much as I, I love this team and I love the way it's set up, I love this defense, it's not going to be possible for the Bengals to have this level of talent for that much longer because we've got T Higgins on a rookie contract. We've got Jamar Chase on a rookie contract. We've got Joe Burrow on a rookie contract. Yeah. All of these things mean that we have, we're very, very fortunate in terms of cap space. So that means there is a like closing. Yeah. Yeah. The window's closing for the Cincinnati Bengals team. And I just don't think at this moment in time, we look like a team that can take advantage of how much talent we have on the roster. Yeah, I know it's a really, really sound argument. And I know we've we've, we've talked a lot because we work together a lot about the shortcomings of Zach Taylor. And yeah, it is particularly stark when you look at coaches like Dayball, coaches like O'Connell as well. I think he's had he's had a, he's had a good start and, and particularly offensively, he's a smart mind. You mentioned the, uh, the Bengals D. Again, is that another edge here though? Because I mean, they're solid all round, but Top, the top 10 against the run. If the Saints are banged up with their receivers, obviously Kamara's back and Hill, we know what he did last week, but there's an edge there, isn't it? They can, if not completely neutralize them, keep them in check. Yeah, I think I have full faith in Luana Rumo and this defense. I think that DJ Reed is obviously a big loss. We lost him a couple of weeks back mm-hmm. and he was an absolute monster for the first three games. Such an intelligent football player. Again, someone who goes very much underappreciated as sort of one of those defensive tackles that doesn't always get noticed. So missing him is a, is a big, big loss going into this game. But at the same time, I feel like we have the talent in likes of BJ Hill, Trey Hendrickson to be able to counter that and to make up for his loss. So I think that especially with how banged up the Saints are, I don't think you're going to see Taysom Hill going for four touchdowns in a huge game like he did last week. I think that was slightly inflated because the Seahawks rush defense is absolutely abysmal. So Mm -hmm. I don't think we're going to see that. I think it's also very obvious when Taysom Hill now gets in the game that they're going to run the ball and obviously Mm -hmm. much easier said than done to stop it. But I still have faith in this Bengals team that they will be able to do so. Yes, Andy Dalton, it is his revenge game, but he didn't look great last week. And I think if you take away those options as well and you mm-hmm. take away his receivers then I think he's only going to look worse so I'm I talking have... you into it I'm talking you into a proper no no but I mean I I like the Cincinnati Bengals in this spot I have to yeah. say I think that the the Sharps are all on the Saints I'm going to put that one out there mm-hmm. just going to get it out there but <laughs> I think that's because the Saints are at home Cincinnati Bengals seem to be a team that 
everyone is kind of relatively high on because of the amount of talent they have when realistically some of the performances so far this season have not been impressive but I think you're right I think if you look at the losses every single loss so far this season has been by a last minute field goal right. could have easily beaten the Ravens could have easily beaten the Cowboys yeah. and that's all and that's and the Steelers we lost on a, a missed extra point so and we're talking about this is it's such a good point that uh, in the world that we're in and the uh, the media space that we're in it's uh, if those fine margins had and and they are the pretty much the finest in football terms had gone the other way we're talking about oh the Bengals are, are looking good to go back to you know the big show they're not they're, oh their season's done if they don't win it win in New Orleans so yeah I mean I, I think I think it's overstated in the, way, in the way that we see a lot of teams that their record belies that they're not as good as it suggests and so I I'm still confident in the in in the Bengals and I still I'm still confident that even with the limitations of that you, you always eloquently outline with their coaching. I still think they've got enough talent to, to yeah. override that to, to a level anyway. So, and I like that. I like this spot a lot against, against New Orleans. What is the line incidentally? So the line is at minus two. I actually opened it at Pickham and the Bengals have been bet out to be laying two points. I still mm-hmm. think it's under a key number. I still like that. And the Bengals, funnily enough, are actually 11 and two against the spread in their last 13 games. So that is a sign to continue going with the Cincinnati Bengals. The market tends to underestimate them, but that's because mm-hmm. they always keep games close, it seems. So I think that always lays to it, especially when they're an underdog. But in terms of trends, the total has gone under in 10 straight Bengals games. The total has gone under in eight of New Orleans' last 12 games. So all of the trends are leaning towards the under. That key number of 43 is an interesting one and it is quite low. It's already been bet down, but I think I'll be taking it just because I see this being quite a cagey defensive matchup. I don't have faith in this Bengals offense, especially if T Higgins isn't playing mm-hmm. to go out and be explosive and tear apart this Saints defense. But again, just keep an eye on that injury report because a lot of the secondary are banged up for the Saints as well. So if they're out, yeah. if they're like some Lattimore out, if they're like a Marcus Mays yeah. out, that could be huge. And if Lattimore's out. Hey, you know what we haven't talked about? Other than if I pick the Saints as my Drew Lock of the Week, then you're set. <laughs> is is the, the Burrow seeing Ghost press conference flinch? Yeah, the flinch. I mean, it was an extraordinarily loud cough. So I'm going to ride with Joe Burrow on this one and defend <laughs> yeah, him. Like, I think yeah. that would surprise even the most sort of mentally sound of people. That was a big old cough. And obviously he's not expecting a big old cough in a press conference. Like yeah, everyone's exactly. meant, to, it's meant to be questions. You can't have coughs, okay? You got his back. You got his back. Yeah, I think I've got his back. Yeah. But I mean, it is terrifying. I mean, the fact that he is that jumpy. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, yeah, the guy has been hit by some incredibly large human beings a lot since he entered the NFL and this season. And I don't think the part, I don't think this offensive line is as good as we all hoped it was going to be this season for the Cincinnati Bengals. So I do think he is probably always expecting a large human being to come out the corner of his eye and hit him as hard as they possibly can to the ground. So I understand it. I feel do you reckon Cam though. Jordan sent the reporter in just to, yeah. <laughs> just to get in his head? It probably was Cam Jordan coughing. Probably was Cam Jordan. Oh, I'm terrified of Cam Jordan this weekend. That interior, he, that interior offensive line up against him. We saw how explosive he was against the Vikings in London. Yeah. Davenport feasting. Oh, don't yeah. talk yourself. Don't talk me out of it. I like the Bengals in that spot. All right. Next up. Oh, this is a really interesting game. This was, I'll tell you what, Propo, because I'd, I'd mentioned to you that I've got, what, 11, a bit like my AFC playoff teams. <laughs> I've got 11 contenders for Drew, for Drew Locker of the week because I'm, I'm, I'm at the stage now where I'm that guy in the casino that's putting chips on every roulette yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I had I had this game uh, and I still do because I uh, as we established at the top of the show I'm going to lead when we get to crunch time on which way I'm going I had this on my shortlist for, I have it on my shortlist for Drew Locker of the week Colts Jacks Colts Jacks Matt Ryan oh boy and I'm so oh, gutted for Matt Ryan I really wanted so him so am I to do one. I really want this to be a Stafford in LA kind of gig. Being there at that game, at that Super Bowl, watching that capitulation and just feeling, because Matt Ryan has always been a player that I've admired. He's one of those guys that fascinates me. And back when I was a kid growing up and falling in love with the game for the first time, there are these guys like Ken O'Brien springs to mind straight away, like heavyweight quarterbacks, but in a generation where there's just a level above them. You know, and so they're good. They're like the guy who's always the number eight seed at Wimbledon. You know, they're like incredible athletes, but they're in the shadow of these all-time greats. And and and, and Matt Ryan, through his career with Brady and Brees and Rogers and Roethlisberger and Rivers, suffered from that, right? For sure. And he's quite Tim really, Henman, isn't he? 
He's quite he's Mary Tim Enman. That's a great shout. He he is he's running out of time. And I thought this would be a great spot for him. And here we are, week six propo, 32nd in pass and rush DVOA. Third dead last. And I know he leads the league in turnovers. I know he's had they've had offensively all kinds of problems. We were skeptical at the start of the season, weren't we, about the weapons around him, particularly in the passing game, and that has proved to be a big issue. The the injuries they've had as well with the ground game, which they lent on so much and have lent on so much in the last couple of years, haven't helped. But it is abysmal. So looking at this, it has to be a must-win game for them. The Jags, having started the season so well, have gone trending in the wrong direction. And you look at the look at the numbers there. They've scored, they've averaged under 14, 13 and a half points per game in the last two weeks. Eagles and Texans they've had just for to recap. They've turned the ball over seven times in those two losses. So it is two offenses, I think it's fair to say, not coming into this game in in the best of form. The Colts D is banged up as well. And I think the key one there is is whether Darius starts or not, right? Because mm-hmm. he's a big injury question mark. Are there any big injury concerns on the Jags side? Uh, not from what that I have seen, although their biggest concerns coming into this week, 100%, is the performances of Trevor Lawrence over the past two weeks, as you've already mentioned, those seven yeah. turnovers. And I think that people are starting to get frustrated with how he's looked just over the past two weeks from a Jaguars fan perspective, because it did seem that he was unable to move the ball, unable to complete relatively simple passes and looked prone to mm-hmm. turning the ball over and making mistakes. Doug Peterson came out in his press conference this week and said, look, the timing is getting shorter now for whether or not like for a player to develop and for a player to get good, like people have expectation a lot sooner on a player than we had sort of 10 years ago, whenever he came into the league. But he said people need to manage that expectation because what was going on 10 years ago with offenses was a lot more simpler than what it is now. It's a lot harder for someone to Mm. understand a new offense and someone to understand uh, the like the NFL essentially and how hard it can be going up against these level of quality defenses. So I think that it's unfair to necessarily criticize Trevor Lawrence after two very good first weeks to then go sort of load on him and just say that he's a bust again just after two bad weeks. And I think that there is promise there because every game you see throws that seemingly only Trevor Lawrence could make Mm. and they're unbelievable. And then you see him make mistakes that I think only Trevor Lawrence can make. So my fear is that he turns into a Carson Wentz character in that sense. I think that is definitely his flaw, especially after what we saw from Carson Wentz last night. I don't think anyone wants to be Carson Wentz, Uh, but (laughs) Trevor Lawrence, I think that's his flaw. What's his ceiling? Josh Allen. Yeah, I think it probably has to be Josh Allen, no? Because I think what you see, and Josh Allen, I guess you could argue the looks, Trevor Lawrence yeah. looks relatively similar to how Josh Allen yeah. started in this league. Josh yeah. Allen had a lot of doubters. No one believed he was going to turn into what he is now, I don't think. I didn't see anyone ever predict that Josh Allen was going to be no compared way. to Patrick Mahomes week yeah. in, week out going into exactly. this week and going into you know, this game. And I think Peterson makes a, a, a really valid point, but at the same time, as we've chatted about lots with, with Phoebe over, God, the last couple of years, that emphasis on continuity and perseverance and patience that the Bills have uh, Bills have factored into the, their game plan has paid off in dividends. It isn't always, right? I mean, I, I get there are examples of Jacksonville persevering with Blake Bortles, for example, right? Like when they probably should have, if they changed it up, they probably would have won. Uh, they could have won a Super Bowl. But I think with Lawrence, I'm... We talked about this the other week, didn't we? Where I'd said something on a show and I said, actually, can you take that out? Because I'm not sure. I do fully believe that about Lawrence having a Jekyll and Hyde start to the season and remaining unconvinced. Because I, he's had a couple of bad games, but hey, he's, he started strongly against Philly and it just unraveled a bit. He's coughed up the ball uh, erratically against the Texans a couple of times too. But I think Lawrence has shown, I've, Lawrence has shown me enough already, year on year, the first few games of the season. You look at him, you just think, he's fine. He belongs. He's going to be fine. I don't think there's any cause for concern. No, and I think, as you said, the significance of continuity, which he has had none of since he got to the NFL. Mm. So at least give him a season with a real head coach, with a real offensive line, with some real yeah. pieces around him, with a defense 
that can get him back on the field consistently and give him time to build drives. I think that's important. So give him this season, let him see how he gets on. Yes, there's probably going to be games where he looks excellent. There's going to be games where he looks awful, but you need to accept that because he's essentially a rookie quarterback all over again, because this is, I think his first proper season in the NFL, I don't think yeah. you can really count considering what happened last year. In and the history same- books, will that happen? Will they see have his rookie season at Asterix? And just have Urban Meyer at the little notes at the bottom of the asterisk. Yeah, I think they have asterisk to. Urban Meyer. Yeah, I think they have to. I do think they have to. But I, I'm actually with the Jags in this spot now. I think that yeah. they've looked like the better team than the Indianapolis Colts so far this season. I know the Colts obviously are two, two and one, but I think that is massively inflated compared to what we've seen from them. They beat the Chiefs in that kind of weird game where they easily could have lost that. And then obviously last week against the Broncos, we already heard my rants about that on Edge Rush last week. It was abysmal, absolutely horrendous, and. uh I thought the Colts looked awful. Their offensive line, they have serious issues. And I think when you've got someone like Josh Allen on the other side of the ball, I think he's going to be able to cause problems for this Colts offensive line all day. Trayvon Walker, yes, again, he's kind of like similar to uh, Trevor Lawrence, had a really good start, Mm -hmm. has kind of um, filtered off a little bit in the past couple of weeks. But I see this as a good bounce back spot for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And the the trends definitely Mm -hmm. follow that as well. Jacksonville is 6-0 against the spread in their last six games against Indianapolis. So, I like Jacksonville in this spot. I think you're giving them points. I think they're Mm. actually the better team, especially with the injury issues for the Mm. Colts, especially if Shaq Leonard doesn't play. So I like Jacksonville in this spot. Yeah, I agree with you. I like Jacksonville. They're on my list straight up. Because what's the line? They're they're what? They're getting two two, two points. Yeah, so two, two. They're getting two at this moment in time. So, But I'm hoping that. Mm. And this gets out to three. So I'm waiting. Yeah. I'm going to wait until Sunday. Do you think uh, it will? I think there's a chance that it will. So I don't see it going down to one, one and a half because the Colts are at home. And I don't mm. see it, there being enough money on the Jacksonville Jaguars for it to go down that much. But I would like to see this number get to three. Hopefully I'll wait for it. If I get two, I'll still take two. Okay. Um, so one other thing on this is actually there. What is the total on it? The total is 42. And again, to the trends, Mm. the total has gone under in 10 straight Colts games. Mm. And the uh, total has gone under in four of the last five games between the Colts and the Jaguars. I think these are two teams where their defenses are much stronger than their offenses, similar to Colts Broncos. I don't think it's going to be quite that severe in terms of how low the total is, but I will still be taking the under in this. Of course I will, Nat. Mm, Of course you are. The under's king of Plumpton. All right, Jets Packers, the other game we're going to key in on. Uh, oh, well, I mean, we got into this a little bit with the Guru Sandrini on FFS. Go check that out in the vault uh, because he really likes Brees Hall in the spot. He's, in fact, he's, he's in the NC show team of the week. Uh, Brees Hall makes a lot of sense against this Packers run D that is vanilla. And uh, we saw that in Technicolor with Saquon in London last week. Interestingly, and I want to give props to... Bill Huber at Sports Illustrated for a really interesting set of stats about the pasty of the Packers because everyone is keying in on how bad their run defense is. And this is a a, a defense full stop that is stacked with talent and a passing defense that's stacked with talent. And I know there have been injuries to Jaria Alexander and there are mitigating factors for this. But listen to some of these numbers, Propo. Uh, and let's say shout out to Bill Huber for, for compiling these. Green Bay have seven passes defensed defended defensed seven fewer than any other team in the league internet the jaguars topped that with 33 four teams have 30 they've got seven five teams have at least as many interceptions as the packers have breakups two individuals trayvon diggs and javarius ward have more passes defended than the entire packers defense Source gardner who of course is going up against green bay this weekend has six just one less than the entire green bay d messy when you look at the talent that those numbers blew my mind uh i think and i think greg rosenthal tweeted this actually a couple of weeks ago Mm. he said okay great another season where green bay packers seemingly have a top five defense from a personnel standpoint but then are a bottom five defense in terms of performance standpoint and it does seem to be a trend that we get week in uh year in year out with the green bay packers last week it made absolutely no sense how easily daniel jones was moving the ball with those receivers those backup receivers it was obvious they were going to utilize saquon a lot both in the passing game and the running game 
and they couldn't handle that except for like the first drive. And then they especially looked bad when Saquon went out because obviously all mm. of their um, preparation had been around stopping Saquon because they thought that, were, that was going to be the only weapon the Giants would use. And as soon as mm. Saquon went out, they all looked absolutely clueless. And were like, well, hold <laughs> yeah. on, what, what, what do we do here? I have no yeah. idea. We're meant to be stopping Saquon, but he's yeah. not in the game. So where where do we go now? So I do think the Packers' defense is is rough. I think it is really mm. rough and I don't think they're good. They've got individual stars and Jerry Alexander, Rashawn Gary. I really like this defense from a personnel standpoint, but for some reason they are not playing well as a unit whatsoever. And I think that is a big worry. Now I'm, I'm intrigued to get your thoughts on this game because it split a lot of people because mm. obviously it feels bizarre that everyone's kind of going into this game being like the Jets are in, a really, really good spot against mm. the Green Bay Packers. Like that instinctively from an NFL fan over the past five years feels Trap, wrong. Feels yeah, yeah, it, it feels does. wrong. There's so much. What they, we were so right. There are certain games in the season that it's just very, you know, the, all of the things we just said about the Packers, that we haven't even got onto their offense, but that has been from pretty much from week one, how misfiring it is and how many, if I think about the most common things discussed in NFL media in the NFL world this season. I reckon Aaron Rodgers doesn't trust his young receivers. Must be top three. <laughs> top 100%. Three just, just constantly hearing this. So we know that they're not in sync offensively, despite the fact that mm, 85% of NFL teams are not in sync offensively, but that's okay. The One of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Oh, but they're coming back from a disappointing loss to London in, uh, in London against the Giants. And it's a tough travel week for them as well. And this Jets side, I mean, Salah's got them playing hard. Like, I think, and that's a lot of points because what is the line right now? Seven and a half. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot of points for this struggling Packers side to be giving up. I think this could have all the hallmarks of a trap game and Rodgers goes off and they win by 12. We're talking about the New York Jets going to Lambeau Field and we're going to take them with the points. I don't care how many points you give them. Give them 25 points and I'm still going to be like... Oh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to be like, yeah. this is still the New York Jets. up to 20 points. Yeah. And, yeah. and as much as Brees sure. Halls look great and he could easily tear apart this um, defensive line for Green Bay Packers and he could have a huge game. He's looked absolutely sensational uh, th- throughout this season or the past couple of games anyway. It's uh, Zach Wilson. I'm still not mm. necessarily completely convinced by, For sure. especially in an incredibly loud Lambeau field. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. that that's going to be a rough look for him. But go behind early. So they can't necessarily lean on haulers. I mean, look, if the Packers get, I don't know, 10, 14 unanswered on the board, they're suddenly going to move away from the run. And yeah, it is. Yeah, it's, uh, it's an interesting one where, honestly, do you know what's funny now is I was telling myself, Throughout this week, I was like, "I'm gonna, t- I'm gonna take the Jets." It's the smart play to take the Jets with the points. They're getting seven points, as you said. They're playing hard. They're running the ball really well. The Packers look completely dysfunctional, as we've said, mm. both on defense and offense. And then suddenly, I had this revelation this morning, and I was like, "The Packers are going to win this comfortably." Yeah, yeah, I suddenly realized, and it just came to me, and I was like, "The Packers." This is a classic game where everyone. Like Dan Orlovsky's tweeting saying the Jets not only can cover in this game, they can win they this can game. They can win outright, I know. Yeah, they can win outright. It's so funny you say that. I've had the same, because I, I had to put in the reps this week. I had to get get to the, the mind gym and get myself set. So I was prepping this morning before we recorded, just looking at everything, drilling down, and also thinking like, what's my Drew Lock, the Acker? I've got the responsibility. Like, where am I going to go? And exactly the same thing. All the... Everywhere you look, it's the Jets. This is a what a chance to really establish them as content. Oh boy, I thought mm, I can see Rogers going off. Mind you, I said I could see Rogers going off against the Giants last week, uh, and was telling him to listen that I thought he'd have a, a virtuoso performance and, and not so much. So, but I'm with you. I'm with you. I think I think I definitely think the Packers win this idea of the Jets winning straight up, and I think they probably cover as well. I think they probably cover. I would be tempted to. I think you might get that half a point back because I think the mm. Jets are going to be back. I think that there's going to be public money for yeah. the Jets, which again just sounds weird. In fact, looking at it, <laughs> there is there is quite a lot of public money for the Jets for the spread. So I think you see this come back to seven. So mm-hmm. I would wait for that number if you are going to bet this game. Uh, the overrun is at forty five. I can tell you that Mike Carlson's best bet of the week is the under, mm. which I. I think it's interesting considering that I think that you've got two defenses 
Yes, the Jets have got have been performing very well. As you said, Sauce Gardner again has been absolutely sensational all mm. season long for the New York Jets. What an absolute player he is. Brilliant, brilliant to see as well because he obviously came into the league so confident and it's great to see him sort of backing all of that up and he's one to definitely watch. If you're ever watching a Jets game, keep an eye on him when he is defending because it is very, very entertaining. He's just, uh, when I was there watching the Jets Bengals, every time it was him and Chase one-on-one, it was just a great matchup to watch. So that is one to keep an eye on. But yeah, the over I'm intrigued by the over. I'd be more tempted to go the over. I don't love either side of it, but I definitely wouldn't say I'm that dead certain on the under, even for the under's King of Plumpton. Mm. I just don't, I think that there's a chance that the Green Bay pop a lot of points in this game that Rodgers has a big game. And I think there's also a possibility that Brees Hall does run all over the Packers and the Jets can put put up points so I'm uh, I'm going to stay away from the total and probably wait for that 7th Green Bay and then back it mm, yeah it's a really good shout on the the, the point five, uh and the fact that because of everything we said with this buzz on the Jets it's a there's a good chance that line will drop with all the money coming in on New York so yeah I, I'm definitely taking him at 7 I'll probably have a have a little gander at 7.5 as well good shout for my Mike on the under as well but uh, you know me, or that's one of the things we often talk about. The difference between me and you, I don't like backing on this man. I'll just pile it, even if it's irrational and illogical on the over, because that's the kind of person I am. All right. So speaking of which, we've got our hacker to come. We're going to finish with our Drew Locks. So it's time for your prop bets of the week. Yeah, let's start with the Green Bay versus New York Jets. I think that Aaron Jones is going to go over 59 and a half rushing yards in this game. I think we saw the best of him actually in London last week. He was brilliant. I had no idea why Green Bay abandoned the run at that point. It seemed to be working seemingly very, very well. And I think that Aaron Jones will have another big game. AJ Dillon seemed to be the main back for Green Bay at the start of the season. The usage rate, though, has flipped and it looks like Aaron Jones is the main man once again. He's been one of the best backs in the NFL, ranking 10th in yards after contact per attempt and 6th in PFF's uh, elusive rating. Jones, Mm -hmm. I think, will be able to dominate this Jets run defense that's 24th in explosive run rate, 18th in EPA and allows the 8th highest rush success rate. So I expect Aaron Jones to have a big game for the Green Bay Packers against the New York Jets. I think Marcus Mariota, I'm sorry about this, but I think he's going to struggle against his 49ers defense. I'm backing backing him to go under 198.5 passing yards. I think the 49ers are going to smother him. They are in fifth in pass defense DVOA, ranking top six in passing yards allowed per game, EPA per dropback and explosive pass rate allowed. It is not a good matchup for Mariota. He completed 14 of his 25 pass attempts for 147 yards last week against the Bucks and only completely seven passes against the Browns. So I expect Mariota to go below this number against this elite Niners D. And finally, I'm thinking, you know me, Nat, when it comes to prop bets, I have to go with a tight end. Mm. And I'm going this week with Zach Ertz to go over 48 and a half receiving yards. He is a fundamental part of this Cardinals passing offense. He gets 20% target share. He's garnered the second most red zone targets at the position. And he has an ideal matchup this week. Seattle is 32nd in DVOA. That is dead last against tight ends, allowing the second most receiving yards. So I expect this to be a big week for Ertz. Okay, love that prop. Oh, uh, get involved with that action. All right, time for our acker, and then we'll Drew lock it out. <laughs> God, I'm trying to delay the inevitable. All right, so I'm going back to Tease Town for our acker this week. Tease Town. Tease Town. So I've got three teams. Two. I'm teasing the number down, and then one straight up. Okay. Yeah. So I'll start with the teases. I'll start with, I think, the more straightforward ones. So maybe you'll agree on all of them. So this comes in just shy two to one, the sacker, okay? The first is teasing the Bucks down to minus three. The Bucks against the Steelers. It's a big line. You bring them down, give them three. We'll give the Steelers three. Minus three for the for the Bucks. Yeah. Bring the Packers down to minus two and a half. Just, I know I've just made a massive argument. Just for the made Packers. a massive argument about having to win it, by I ten know points. I have. I know I have, but it feels like one of those games where oh, I think go. either the Packers, I think either the Packers blow them two out. Two and a half. Two and a half. Propo. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm going. I'm. I'm confident in the Packers this week. Fine. Fine. <laughs> Don't fine. start jinxing our record. <laughs> okay, and then I'm going straight up. The 49ers on the road against the Falcons. Straight up. Mm, fine. Are you sure? Do you get to get your blessing? <laughs> I guess it's up to you, okay. mate. It's up to you. Maybe, if you win, maybe, you can take full credit. If you lose, on, you can take full on. credit. If you want, maybe we started this season saying, hey, winner stays on with the Acker. <laughs> We've had 
absolutely zero success with it. So if you want, we can we can go back to the last season's veto and give our listeners the option at this point. If you want to veto one of those picks and, and slide in a propo one. Uh, yeah, I mean, at the same time, I think generally the reason why the ACK has been so tough so far this season is because I think pickems are mm. seemingly impossible. Like we've seen it on not only... Uh, this show we've seen it on the NFL show on Talk Sport. Like yeah. the rate, uh, it's significantly dropped everyone's uh, pick and rate. Like it's gone from what, like sixties and seventy percent to fifties and low sixties percent. Yeah, so- and even you know on that, our friend you mentioned the great Greg Rosenthal, and I was looking at his column this week where he picks all the games. And what's fascinating about that is virtually every, and he's really sharp on it. Uh, and he picks Greg, picks a score as well. And if, every game this week, pretty much or most of them anyway he's got like one, two, maybe three point. It's so narrow. Every game is so, is so narrow. So yeah. Okay. Do you want to veto the 49ers? Uh, no, I don't want to veto the 49ers. I'm willing to just let you ride with this to be completely honest with you. <laughs> I bet you are. I bet you are a tough guy. All right. Well, Mr. What? Four and one on his Drew Locks. Where are you going this week? Oh, where am I going this week? So I think I'm going to go back to You're going to uh, do Seattle. Are you going to go Seattle? I'm going to go Seattle. Oh, okay, over. Okay. I'm going okay. back to the well. I'm going to go the over 50, 50 and a half Cardinals and the Seahawks. What these two teams can't do is stop explosive plays. And I think that always lends itself to the over. I think we're going to see Kenneth Walker break off some big runs against his Cardinals defense. I think we're going to see Hollywood Brown, who, by the way, has been, again, another player who's gone completely underappreciated. That play he made last week against the Eagles, yes, they lost, but it was absolutely sensational. If we saw someone like Tyreek Hill or Cooper Cup do that, it would be in all the highlight reels. Yeah. And it, it wasn't. It was so impressive and he showed so much fight and he has been brilliant so far this season and a great pickup by the Cardinals. But yeah, I expect the Seahawks defense is really, really bad. The Cardinals secondary is really, really bad. So I expect Geno Smith, the most accurate quarterback in the league. I think Love the Gino. Seahawks is... The Seahawks offense currently is ranking as one of the best offenses in the past decade yeah. in the NFL. And I think that because it's Geno Smith, people just seemingly just don't seem to pay as much attention as they should be to how well he is playing. And he has mm. been absolutely brilliant. Some of the throws he's made to Tyler Lockett have been brilliant. And the other thing that I love, and I heard this on another podcast, they were talking about this, but mm. I completely agree on, on third downs when you're getting pressure, when you've got a receiver like DK Metcalf, just throw it up to him. Mm-hmm. Just throw it up and see if he can make a play because either he's going to bat it down or he's going to catch it and make a play because he is that level of a talent at wide receiver. And that's what I've seen Geno Smith doing. On the other side of the ball, I've already mentioned it, the Seahawks can't really stop tight ends. They can't really stop running back. So I don't mind if it's James Conner or Enzo Benjamin in the backfield for the Cardinals. I still expect Kyler Murray to have a big day. Mm-hmm. I expect Geno Smith to have a big day. So I think this will go over 50 and a half. Okay. Connor's an injury doubt, isn't he? I think we he got into that on, doubt, yeah. on FFS. Yeah. Okay. Fair Here play. we go. Here, Here we go. go. Here we go, big man. I quite like the Seahawks in that spot, incidentally, but I'm not going to go there because that's bad karma. It's gone down to two and a half as well. Has it? Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. So this list of 11 different <laughs> options that I've got. See, I'm, I mentioned the Bucks in the Acker. I like, I saw, I heard some sharp on another show talking about the over in that game. And I, I'm not convinced everyone's saying Kenny Pickett. I haven't seen enough game film of him yet. I really looked at it. I like his moxie. Christy was talking about that on the show earlier in this week, that he just looks like he's tough and hangs in there and is confident like straight away even. And it might have even been Greg saying that his numbers don't paint the whole picture. Like I get all of that, but I'm just not convinced that there is much for this Steelers offense to get going. So I was leaning maybe Bucks team titles. I think they're going to have a big game. No, you can't do um, that. But I'm not allowed to do that. You, you vetoed that, I know. Okay, so <laughs> I tried to sneak it in and see. I, <laughs> I think Carolina are totally dysfunctional, but the Rams getting 10. The Cowboys, I mean, this is a good example. We use the, the Packers game uh, as a reference point. I think it's the same with this Eagles-Cowboys game, right? Where So the Eagles are six and a half points, the, the time we're recording this, uh, favorites, so minus six and a half for the Eagles. Uh, is this the game that Cooper Rush gets found out? Is this the game that, yeah. you know, you look at, everyone's talking about the Dallas front 
up against a solid Eagles offensive line. But as Christian pointed out on the show the other day, looking at the other way around and I, yeah. So I, it was on my mind. By the way, because you've been very anti this narrative. I was with a Dallas Cowboys fan last night, Quake Mm. Afari, Sky Sports and Talks with Quake Afari. And he said to me that if they win on Sunday night, Cooper Rush is definitely his starting quarterback. Oh my God. We've got to get Kwaku on the show to defend that ridiculous, ridiculous. I've actually got a voice note. I actually got him to do a voice note in the pub last night for him to explain it. Did you? Yeah, so we'll play that now. Play that now. Okay. If the Cowboys beat the Eagles this weekend, there's no conversation to be had. There's no quarterback controversy. Cooper Rush is our quarterback going forward. And that is a fact. Kwaku, I want you to come on the show and Ollie's going to set this up and defend this nonsense. Well, let's see what happens in this game. But let's see. A Cooper Rush meltdown. I might actually back the Eagles now at the back of it. Um, okay. Oh, the Bengals I like, but I'm not going to take him as my Drew Lock. I like the 49ers a lot. Okay, I'm down to two. I'm down to you. I love it every minute of this. I'm down to two. I'm either going to take the 49ers and I don't care about your skepticism, minus five and a half, despite the banged up defense against Atlanta. I, I just think they're rolling San Fran now offensively. And I think no Corderell. I like I like the 49ers. I'm going to go there or I'm going to go Baltimore with the same points against the Giants. The same argument as the Jets. What a great, you know, the Giants were brilliant last week and fair play to them and Dayball. But I think they could come back down to earth with a bump here. I think it's the same narrative as the Jets Packers. Have you, seen is- that, have you seen that meme uh, from Charlie and it was always sunny Philadelphia when he's trying to work something out and he has the big, <laughs> the big board where he's got all these connections going to all these pieces of paper and he's trying <laughs> to come happening? out and find a conspiracy. That's essentially what you're doing right now. I imagine when you said that you were planning and prepping and going to the mind gym this morning that it was actually just you there just like <laughs> with all the picks and just circling like crossing them out and then go back to it rubbing it out again and just looking imploringly at Cocoa and Pebbles to get me out of here yeah. alright okay it's down to two I'm gonna go okay I'm going Baltimore minus five and a half against the Giants that's okay, where I'm so going. everyone back the 49ers and the Giants <laughs> <laughs> If the, if the 49ers come in, I I'm, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm not going to, I'm, I'm, I'm quite possibly I'm handing over to the cats from next week. If they come in after that, because that was, I'm coin flipping this. Oh my God. Come on, Baltimore. Bye Why do you have two? What, so I can technically go 0 and 7 on a six weeks. <laughs> yeah, you can go. Hey, am I allowed two? No. Or you can go two and five. I'm, I want to go two and five. You can take both if you want. You can have both. 100%. I'll let you have both. That is a Machiavelli. That's a Faustian offer from you. Uh, oh, boy. Am I going to take it. both? But then I know because then I might go to one and six and I'll just be I'll be really pissed off that I get the Ravens come in and then 49 bring me back down. No, I'm, no ultimately, let's just you just want to double your chance of getting a win on the board at this point, I, I, is it? I'm not at that point. I'm not at desperation stations yet. David when is Pepper, it? When is it going to be David desperation Pepper stations? Isn't my boss. <laughs> when, when's desperation stations? Just out of just out of curiosity, when is desperation stations? Well, when I go when I go below 500 for the last season and a half. Okay, fine. Okay, so you need to go 0 and 10. Oh, 10. And then, yeah, okay. And then you're going to turn up to this podcast and be like... I'll be off Edge Rush. Yeah. Catch me on the, other, on the other shows, but I'm off. It's just Ollie on his own on, on Edge Rush. Oh, uh, goodness me. Okay, come on, Baltimore. How do you feel about that pick? Uh, I like the pick. I think they're definitely going to win the game straight up. I, uh, yeah. it's, just, <coughs> it's just five and a half points. Five and a half points is quite a lot in that spot. And I think when you've seen the Giants, they play hard and they yeah. they keep games close. Uh, I think last week, as we saw, you were fully expecting the Packers to completely blow them out yeah. and tear them apart. And then you still saw them coming back and backdoor covering. That would be my fear with this one. Yeah, okay. When you coughed just then, I, I'm so worried about my Drew pick. I did a Joe Burrow. Did you? Yeah, you should. <laughs> yeah, you should. All right, there we go. They're in the book. Good luck, gang. Get involved. With the action, but like always, like everything in life, do it in moderation. That's always the most fun way. Propo, best of luck with your prop bets and your trick. 
Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, obviously, I'm four and one with my Drew Locks, just to put that one out there. I did lose last week. <laughs> is, that, is that right? Yeah. yeah, we didn't mention it, which is weird from you now, actually, that we didn't mention I think, that. I think we did mention uh, it, actually. Yeah. Well, not enough, as far as mm. I'm concerned. Not enough. Uh, it's all about you, is it? It's yeah. all about you. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's called the Nat Coombe Show, but... <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's a 17-game season. <laughs> I would love the smile on your face if you start to go on a bit of a tilt and the I comeback's think the, on. The thing is, is, this is why you can't you can't ever get too cocky because as I said, like it was, there's always going to be elements of luck. I I actually have been relatively comfortable with some of my picks this yeah. year, which is never usual because the markets usually get it yeah. right. So the lines are usually correct. That over and that came in about, after about three minutes. Yeah, it? literally <laughs> about three minutes. And the under that came in on Sunday Night Football between the Broncos and the Niners, that was the other one, which was uh, just, yeah, yeah, I yeah. just knew I'd won that bet before the first quarter had finished. Yeah, uh, But then I had a lucky one in the first week. So there is... There's always moments in the same way the NFL, we've spoken about the Bengals, there's moments that they could be five and a hoe and five and oh and a, <laughs> an alternative world. Brilliant slip there, yeah. Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the other thing I was going to say was um, obviously the brilliant Christian Scott and Williamson, that's in the vault. Absolutely yeah. sensational show with him. Although the only issue I have with Christian Scott and Williamson is he's mm. only three years older than me, but he's mm. already had two successful careers playing for Harlequins, yeah. playing for the Pittsburgh Steelers, yeah. and he's now doing a law conversion degree, which... <laughs> He now makes me feel like, considering he's only three years older than me, I've got a big three years because he's sitting there with three prestigious careers while I'm losing money on the Cowboys and the Rams games and the 340 at market raising. And it's just, it's making me a little bit anxious about my future now. I could understand that proper. You know, my advice would be, let's try and suck Christian into our web of degeneracy. <laughs> Maybe he can he can start doing my Drew Locks picks for me. Maybe that's what we're going to start doing. Just getting just getting our guests to just pick. They probably have higher a higher hit rate than me. That could be what we will do. We'll reach out to him. He's going to be uh, part of our crew, of course. This season, we'll be definitely checking back in with him soon. I know it's J Bell uh, coming up on the show very soon. I saw that. Which I'm looking forward to catching up with J Bell. Uh, I and Mike every Monday. Uh, check out the Guru Sandrini over on FFS if you haven't already do that he is not only a fantasy whiz but knows his football and always drops insight always catch propo and him gabbing away before we start recording and you you're basically tapping him up for fantasy insight yeah although the one thing he needs to stop doing is sending me ridiculous trade offers oh, in he, ri- he yeah. is in like some of them are actually embarrassing like he yeah. tried to swap me Marcus Mariota for AJ Dillon and I was just like in what world am I going to do that it's I likely think- that Mariota is going to be a backup next year and D- Dillon will be the starting running back at Green Bay most likely or somewhere else so yeah. like who does he think I am I know I'm an idiot but like I'm not that much of an idiot <laughs> you know Propo I think it's two two things here that I've set the precedent I think you know when um, scammers say that once they've kind of t- once someone's been scammed then all the other kind of global scammers like they're a mark and they tap in on that basically he's I'm sure he's he's turned me over a few times so he thinks oh everyone else in the league is is, is soft as that on it but also I think he's got a game plan uh, of and he's I think he's let his let his guard drop on this he's got a game plan of does he send you messages at quite late at night, like say on a Saturday night? Yeah. yeah. He's assuming you might be pissed. <laughs> I think that's his strategy. In your case, proper, that's probably most nights of the week. Yeah, I was about to say, uh, yeah, you could text me at 2 p.m. <laughs> yeah, yeah, market raisin. <laughs> 3.43 would be a good time to hit you up. The Yeah, so I think that's his game plan. Just thinking, yeah, that's, that looks good. That looks like a good trade. Uh, he's calculating, I tell you. Uh, he's also a very, very good... Uh, very, very good fantasy mind. So get involved with that FFS. Lots in the vault. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy Sunday. And propo, I will see you uh, bright and breezy uh, for more NC Show Action next week. Look after yourself, bro. Thank you, my man. Sports Social Podcast Network.